Look around, what do you see? Cars, lots of them. And guess what? They're probably on Auto Trader. Whether you're into timeless classics or the latest trends, did somebody say solar-powered, eco-friendly, vegan, leather-wrapped, aromatherapy-scented, disco ball-equipped, self-driving car? If you see it on the road, you can likely find it on Auto Trader. Big cars, small cars, blue cars, new cars, used cars, electric cars, and one day, maybe even flying cars. With millions of options to choose from, buying a car becomes a whole lot easier. See it. Find it. Auto Trader. Hey, and welcome to The Short Stuff. I'm Josh. There's Chuck. Jerry's here. Dave's here, too. Don't worry about that. And this is Short Stuff. That's right. This is our uh, our Women Who Changed History episode. One of them. That's true. Yeah, for sure. Um, we're talking about a woman named Betty Claire McMurray, better known as Betty Newsom Graham, better known as the woman who invented um, liquid paper, which also has a bunch of different... Um, copiers like whiteout which has become a proprietary eponym but really liquid paper was first which is why we're talking about betty today that's right and there's some really cool parts of the story uh betty was born in dallas in 1924 and it's cool. <laughs> cool so far uh she went to school in san antonio and then at 17 uh, left school married her sweetheart uh one warren nesmith and this is something I knew since I was a kid, is that really? Mike Nesmith of the Monkees uh, the, was the heir to the liquid paper fortune because his mom invented it. Yeah, so I knew that he was uh, an heir to a fortune. I had no idea which one. That's really awesome. Yeah, I don't know why I knew it back then. It was just one of those weird little facts that always stuck with me that Mike from the Monkees, uh, his mom invented liquid paper. And she did so uh, largely well, let's get to the story. She divorced not too long after she got married, just about five years. Uh, she got divorced in 1946, and so was a single mom with a kid, little little Mike to support before he started making that monkey's dough. <laughs> and eventually she got a job as a typist at Texas Bank and Trust, and there was a weird thing that happened with the, the ribbons that we talked about in the typewriter episode that was just out. Uh, they went from fabric to carbon, and the keyboards got a little more sensitive, and they realized that mistakes were easier to make in typing and that that carbon ribbon would smudge. You used to could sort of erase it with the fabric ribbons, but now you couldn't anymore. And she was like, I got to fix this because I'm tired of retyping my stuff. Yeah, I mean, imagine that. Imagine being a typist at, at an office and, and, like, you make one typo and you have to retype the entire sheet. Like at the very like that end. Was, that was a thing. <laughs> That was the thing. Yeah, at the very end in particular, Ugh. right? So what she created, um, this liquid paper, which originally she called Mistake Out, was like a genuine godsend um, for herself at first. She she went home and she had been trained as a painter. Did you say that, that her mom had kind of taught her how to paint? No, but that kind of guided her life in a lot of ways, as we'll see. For sure. So she kind of took that knowledge and um, used what's uh, known as a tempera paint, you know, the kind that they let preschoolers paint with? Mm -hmm. That's the same thing as liquid paper. And then she took a watercolor brush, put it in a little jar, and brought it to work. And in very short order, some of her colleagues, uh, who were also typists and secretaries, said, give me some of that. Yeah, I'm making mistakes like crazy. She said, stop making mistakes then. No, <laughs> right. she said, here. Uh, and she had actually even branded it. She started writing mistake out on the label early on. Mm -hmm. I think probably, I think probably at first just as sort of like a fun thing to do. And then realize, like, hey, people are actually using this stuff. 
uh, she started to refine the process in her kitchen. This is kind of like an American dream story, like working on a product out of your house that eventually becomes like a multi-million dollar business. Uh, and that's what happened. She had a, a paint company employee that apparently helped her out and a chemistry teacher at a local high school that helped her out. Who would play him? Uh, the chemistry teacher? Yeah, I'm assuming it's a him. Uh, I don't know. What you got? Ed Harris? Nah, he's too salty. Too salty. No, that one um, multi-talented character actor, I can't remember his name. I think it's James, but he was like the, the guy in the game. Um, he's been oh, in a million Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally no. The guy that, you know what I'm talking that about? signed up Michael Douglas in the for the game? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Great Kim. <laughs> okay, good. He would be great as that guy. I like that. All right. He's cast as far as I'm concerned. Okay, so she puts all this together, and um, she's she's basically spending her nights and weekends working on um, d- just getting as many of these bottles together as possible, but also not making a lot of money. She hired Mike and his friends to fill bottles at like a dollar an hour a piece, I think. Um, and it wasn't until that she either quit her job at the bank or was fired from the bank for accidentally signing a, a business document with her business's name and address. Um, apparently didn't use mistake out on mm-hmm. that. Um, and when she uh, was released from work one way or another, she was set free and all of a sudden mistake out became like a big thing. So I say now, Chuck, we, we take a break and then come back and talk about how she built the business even further. Let's do it. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
All right. So she has left the job in 58, starts mm-hmm. taking some meetings with some big corporations that are ordering bottles, like hundreds of bottles of liquid paper. And this is GE, IBM, some big corporations. Yeah. Uh, she applies for that patent, changes the name to Liquid Paper Company, and then starts doing that business thing, starts reinvesting the profits, goes from the kitchen to the backyard to a four-room house, uh, and then eventually gets remarried in 62 to a guy named uh, Robert Graham, who kind of got super involved in the business, uh, as we'll see for better or for worse. Yeah. So in 1968, she's got 19 employees, corporate headquarters, automated operations, and that year she sold 1 million bottles of liquid paper, which is pretty great. Um, By 1975, she's moved into a 35,000-square-foot headquarters in Dallas, and the equipment that she's running can produce 500 bottles a minute. And there's something else that you should know about um, Betty Graham. She uh, ran the company as a genuinely good person. There was a library in the plant. Mm -hmm. There was a child care center in the plant. This is the mid-'70s, by the way. Um, they didn't even come up with that idea until the 80s via the movie 9 to 5. Right. And she was already doing it. Yeah. She also was a uh, patron of women and the arts and women who were also artists. Yeah, she set up a couple of uh, foundations. Uh, one, in fact, a lot of the information from this came from the, I think it's pronounced Gihon, G-I-H-O-N Foundation. Uh, she found a way back in 1976, which uh, combined her love of art uh, with her support of women and feminism. Uh, she collected paintings and artworks by women. And then also the Betty Claire McMurray Foundation, uh, which since 1978 has been supporting women in need. Right. Like if you need shelter right. or counseling because you're being physically abused, or um, if you're a non-traditional student and you need a scholarship, um, like she definitely put her money where her mouth is, and she considered herself a feminist for sure. Um, and so one of the other great things about her, her husband, Robert Graham, they divorced in 1975, I believe. Mm-hmm. And um, she ended up stepping down as chairperson from Liquid Paper. Um, she built this really great company selling 25 million bottles at a time, um, spending a million dollars in advertising. And she's like, this thing is going. It's fine. I'm going to go focus on my foundations. And Robert Graham was left along the board. And he did what can only be described as a hostile takeover. Yeah, it was not a a pretty sight. Uh, She came out on the losing end at first. Mm -hmm. Um, She was basically kicked kicked out, uh, wasn't allowed back on the premises of the company. Uh, They changed her formula, actually, so she couldn't even get royalties anymore, which is one of the biggest, like, scumbag moves of all time. So scumbag. Uh, And then still managed to sort of fight her way back in. She had some health problems, but finally managed to get control of the company Mm -hmm. again. And in 1979, uh, with controlling interest, sold liquid paper to Gillette for uh, almost 48 million bucks. Pretty great. Yeah, she had the very famous quote when she finally regained control of her company. Robert, get out of my office. (laughs) It's, that's what that's what's going to happen in the movie. Who plays Robert? Okay, Robert Goulet. Okay, <laughs> he does a great jerk. Have you ever seen Naked Gun Two and a Half? Yeah, but is he is he still with us? 
I, I don't know, but didn't they do Peter Cushing and he's not still with us? Oh, I don't know. Well, you could get uh, Will Ferrell to do Goulet because that's, that's one of the funniest bits of all time. Okay, cool. Uh, and here's the thing with liquid paper is that uh, – and these are kind of wonky stats and I'm, I'm not going to go over all of them because um, some of them are from like 2017 and 2018. But mm-hmm. generally what they have found is uh, that while office um, – like paper itself – um, office printers, things like that, and office supplies have kind of trickled down over the years. Liquid paper somehow has either stayed strong or even gained like a percentage point or two uh, from year to year, uh, which is pretty amazing. They don't, liquid paper itself doesn't release their stats, but I think they go by like generically, like uh, whatever correction products right. is what they call them. But um, I know that during the pandemic, home printing and uh, stuff like that picked up. So I think uh, I think the correction products industry picked up because people all of a sudden were like, hey, I'm at home now. And liquid paper, you it wasn't just for typing, you know. Like I used it all the time to, to like write over things in pen. Right. You just got to let so it dry that, and brush it thin. They actually think that it is artists that's keeping the, the um, correction products um, market afloat. And making it increase. And then also Gen Z and their fondness for retro things that you do by hand, like writing letters, is also um, some of the, the patrons of liquid paper and its competitors now. Yeah, I think uh, at one point, Emily, my wife, switched over to the little uh, the little contraption that fed out a tape. Sure. She was big on that, but I was kind of a liquid paper purist. Yeah, Okay. Were you, like, brand um, uh, loyal, like, to liquid paper? Yeah, get that whiteout out of my face. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, hey, uh, just to shout out Mike Nesmith real quick. I know everyone knows him from the Monkees, but uh, Mike Nesmith, and I discovered this sort of after his passing, uh, released some really, really great solo records. Uh, and, and looking back was one of the founders of country rock. Oh, yeah. Kind of before there was country rock. Uh, Mm -hmm. There was a 74 album called And the Hits Just Keep on Coming that is now viewed as like this genius country rock masterpiece Mm -hmm. that nobody would touch back then, including record execs. Yeah, I remember like learning um, that he was really just kind of unhappy and stifled in the monkeys. Like if there was a sourpuss among the four, it was definitely Mike. And you can just tell by looking at him. But that was why. Like he was way more talented than he was allowed to be. Yeah, but he he came around and embraced the monkeys later in life, which was also great. Uh, Good for him. Also, big ups to The Atlantic and David Graham for the article and Thoughtco and Mary Bellis and then the Gihon Foundation. This is where most of the stuff came from. Very nice, Chuck. And um, uh, big hats off to you for choosing this one. Thank you. Short stuff is out.